the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. There's no one that would not heed the advice and admonition, if you would, from Crush. Look at the clown's face. I hate to see a sad clown. It's a smart clown. He got a flower out of the whole thing there, Paul. Wait a minute, do it! Did you see that? He took his arm off! He just took his own arm off! Ooh. I don't know! He took his own arm right out of the socket! Damn it! That's a cast! Look, look what he's doing! I can't believe that! Again and again and again! With that cast, I guess that's what it is! Crushing down! Crush is knocked out! And you're listening to an all-new New Generation Declassified here on the TFPT Empire. I would usually say exclusively, but I mean, it isn't anywhere else, so we know it's here. But if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week I go back in time with uh, a great topic on hand again this week, but in the chair, the, the unofficial uh, top guest, no hate to Mike Durband, of course, uh, of this show. It is the one and only Husey in a different looking environment than I normally see you. Who are these podcasts? Uh, yes, we are uh, coming. Obviously, it's the middle of August. Where we, I think the, the summer is done in Ireland, but uh, I temporarily move into the dining room instead of my home office. I hope the audio isn't uh, too bad. No, not bad. And uh, yeah, the just back from London uh, over the weekend over a ridiculous heat wave where I sweat so much that I literally had salt stains. On my shirt, that's how like the I think I was approaching almost dying over there, but <laughs> thankfully I'm not Rad Rob and I am healthy. Very nice, yeah. I'm sure the sweat glands would have been overacting if that was the case, and you might have to change shirts if that was the uh, the problem. So, salty sweat, not good. Don't like that. Yeah, I had to change from my Metallica shirt to my Nirvana shirt. <laughs> and eventually settled on an ABBA shirt. So there you go. Yeah. So were you seeing uh, the great ABBA while you were there in London? Went to see ABBA, was avoiding Billy Buddy and uh, <laughs> having very weak alcohol. It was uh, it was o- overall a great time. I'm never going back. So if you wanted to find Billy, he would have been hiding out behind the stage, pretending that he was a VIP, but just trying to get autographs. For Aren't they like, uh, are, is it truly ABBA? Or I thought it was like a uh, interpretation of ABBA that was touring this uh, this year. Well, what it is, and it's kind of genius in that because the, the real ABBA is still alive. So they got the original ABBA to, I guess, over a period of months, record a concert. Right, right. On a mo- but then with modern technology, they've put the thing all together as one show. 
but it's not just like you're watching the screen because I thought oh, it was basically just going to be watching like an animated film. Right. It's it's a stage set that when the stage goes right around you, it's the ceiling, it's the roof. I mean, it's the ground, it's the ceiling, and it's literally the the outside the venue. Like the whole thing is one giant stage, and it's okay. it's fucking insane. So and ABBA I, is sitting in the ABBA mansion while you're watching and uh, and jamming out to some ABBA tunes. <laughs> absolutely, and uh, it was amazing. That is an abomination, abomination. That's crazy. That's it. You don't even need to show up anymore. Now I know we just. I don't know if you saw in the sports world in the states, they just did a hologram of the legendary baseball announcer Harry Carey singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game at the Field of Dreams, right? It was fucking freaky as shit because it wasn't like a good hologram. It was like a kind of like a little fruité version of what Harry Carey may look like if he was around today. Who wants to see that? That's weird. <laughs> oh, no. Well, these were these were very good virtual models. And the fact that I was immediately checking out Agnetha's arse... Uh, <laughs> It's still great, and I thought about it the second I get back into the hotel shower. I was going to say, did you have a virtual Woody then, if you were looking at the virtual uh, performers? (laughs) Nothing fake about my dicks. (laughs) Well, speaking of dicks, we're going to talk about your doinks today, because you are a doink mark. Uh, And I'm going to go all the way back to when you, like, bless you. Thank you, and also with you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, when you went absolutely apeshit for the inclusion of Doink in the most recent WWE video game, oh. where you were not the first person to send me that that weekend, and it uh, it appeared as Doink being a downloadable character, but not only making a run in, but the double Doink making a run in. And ever since then, you've been on a Doink kick. Yeah, the, the thing is about like I always loved Hail Evil Doink when I was a kid because he was fucking scary and it didn't didn't make sense but in that game there's so much detail that's gone into the character that there were a lot pretty a lot of the other characters just here's a guy here's another guy there's another guy and they do their moves but with doink they've really gone into the fact that like his weapon is a fake arm he can bring out other doinks from the back he's his own move set it's just it's it's so good so if Doink was presented in a more modern style, right, where clowns are uh, their own brand, back then it was just weird they were in a wrestling promotion. Do you think that Doink, the heel version, would have been the fiend had it been done in the modern era? Uh, absolutely. Because that, that pretty much was a clown. Or, or, uh, the, see, the problem with, with the fiend is that um, Bray Wyatt sucks. <laughs> He's just okay. a big fat guy that should be podcasting about wrestling instead of doing it. Can I give you my uh, Bray Wyatt analogy? I would love to hear it. Uh, have you ever seen the film Resident Evil? I have not. It's shite. But if you see the trailer, <laughs> you think, oh, wow, it's like a, a horror action film. That seems like it could be fun. You watch it and it's terrible, but it ends on a cliffhanger. So it makes you think, all right. Well, that wasn't very good, but I'll watch Resident Evil 2. And then you go see Resident Evil 2, and it's shite, and it's not very good, but it ends on a cliffhanger, and you think, right, well, I'll I'll watch Resident Evil 3. (laughs) And that's what Bray Wyatt is. And they ended up doing six or seven Resident Evil films. 
yeah. and it keeps drawing you back in. Right. Yeah, the Bray Wyatt Fiend stuff was interesting until they had to put him in a program with somebody, and then it was like, well, he's got to lose now. So all that mind games and all that shit, he's just going to lose, and it's yeah. going to be the end of it. So Doink it, not presented the same way. Yeah, Doink was um, according to what's what's the the, the original uh, actor's name? Uh, Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne. Yes. Well, uh, my debut on the new generation, the classified. We spoke about the the uh, original plans for Mania Nine. Yes. Yes. We and did. he was originally was supposed to wrestle the British Bulldog <laughs> before steroids and drugs and shit. But according to Matt Bourne, there was a one-time talks to have Matt Bo- to have Doink versus Hulk Hogan, right? And yeah. really, like when you think about it, that could have worked. Matt Bourne was also heavily addicted to drugs, so I think that that could have also played into his thought that it would have been a Hulk Hogan Doink matchup. Yeah. I don't think even a year down the road, a, do- a heel Doink could have been on a Hulk Hogan program level but you could easily slot the british bulldog into the first uh topic so we're going to talk about the opponents of doink so kind of his uh masterful feuds that he had because i've already done a retrospective on heel doink and face doink so this is a conglomeration we didn't go into crazy detail but you could easily slot the bulldog into the role of crush because Mm. crush Kind of thrust on the scene again at the end of 92 as the Kona Hawaii, you know, happy guy. Don't worry, the guy who had the face paint a few years back with the same name and just darker hair color. Don't worry about him. Same guy, but now he's happy and he does this thing. Shaka bra. Uh, you could easily replace Crush with the Bulldog. Yeah, I mean, they uh, character-wise, the more or less the same. But... Uh... I vividly remember watching it as a kid when, what was it, a crush injured Doink's arm for squirting water in his face. Yeah. So Doink went to apologize to him and he offered him a flower. But then Doink pulled his own arm off and beat yeah. the beat in and they uh, crushed his head and they made it seem, oh, that fake arm was full of lead and stuff. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> as a kid and, and you're, total, uh, you're a total Rob Rob Mark, and and you're really into it, and you think he just pulled his fucking arm off. And plus, I've just seen um, uh, Stephen King's It. Yeah. And Pennywise scared the living shit out of me. And and to see that and the, how vicious that was for its time, I thought, right, this is going to be great. Yeah, and it's crazy because you know the Pennywise It is basically what the heel doink should have been now if you go back to the pennywise it from 1990 with tim curry playing it i do like that pennywise better because i'm a tim curry mark but i i i think that that interpretation's a little more goofy compared to this pennywise that is evil and has the eye thing that goes all haywire um i could see the similarities with this, just this early version of Doink, when he didn't do anything, when he was just in the crowd and he's shooting the kids with the uh, the water and Vince McMahon loses his mind. But the thing that's crazy with the Crush is Crush just grabs him by the arm, stop being mean to the kids, and Crush turns around. And when he pulls that thing out, you have that, whoa, 
What yeah. the hell? Because that wasn't even something that, you know, the Joker was doing in a Batman movie at that point. That was definitely an out-of-the-box thought that made this character look like a psychopath. Yeah, and he was, like, beating him in the back of the head, which which usually you don't see that sort of attack uh, with the uh, wrestling weapons. They're usually, like, protected, because obviously it was foam. But, uh, you know, I, I just thought that was so perfect. And then... Um, but also, one of the things about Doink is that he has a, it, it might be uh, awful to wear it, but it's such a great look. The original Doink. Yeah. The original one. Not, I think that when when he looked like more of a schlub, you know, you could see his dark hair floating through the uh, the bottom of the thing. The, the makeup wasn't perfect. He looked like a psychopath. He looked like an absolute nut job. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up here on the screen uh, just so we can see this as we uh, we talk. But here's the here's the deal. He pulls the arm out, right? Hits him from behind. That thing's probably made of like foam. <laughs> but they said yeah. lead on commentary, so we might as well believe that. Um, look at that. He's beating the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, when you're a kid, when I was what nine years old or whatever, or twenty-seven, and you're just like, Jesus, look, this is vicious. This turned this goofy clown that was in the crowd into a completely different character by attacking him the way he was. Look, pushing off the officials. They they established that it's crazy. I wish we knew it was Matt Bourne because everybody kind of knew already Matt Bourne was a nut job. So this would have pushed it better to know who the guy was. But look at it. Look, the hair is coming through the bottom of the wig. The makeup's not fully on the face. He's like, it. this, <laughs> I would say this, uh, this attire leaves a little more to be desired. Yeah, I think he'd be a little more uh, covered up. But yeah. he, this looks like a freaking bum that's dressed up like a uh, a clown attacking the good guy crush. Yeah, if he had like a, a clown suit instead of a, a painted on lycra, or what do you call that, spandex, I yeah. think it could have worked. But I just thought that, uh, as you mentioned, the face paint, the way they had it done, so that the face paint would always run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you, you could still see the, the, the human skin. And also, the, the theme music was great. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, they can just set the tone of, of like, oh, it's a clown, and dun, dun, dun. You're like, oh, fuck, he's a bad guy. It has a different feel to it now. Like, you know, that it, every theme song is basically released at this point. You could put that shit on now and listen to it and be like, that's, that's messed up. We hear the kids screaming in the background. You know, the I wish they had done more of that as he had evolved into, like, a regular wrestler because they lost that element of him being scary it was just that oh doink is just the weird clown guy who comes out with a bucket or a wagon or something they lost that element a few months in yeah like they could have done something where like he had a, a bucket full of broken glass that he threw on people <laughs> confetti broken glass i mean maybe oh. it was the attitude era foreskins do you see all right so doink makes his tv in-ring debut on the January 31st edition of Superstars. Okay, so he debuts around November in the crowd. He beats up Crush right at the beginning of 1993. And he makes his debut January on television in a job match. Uh, it's He defeats Bob East at 144. He, at that point, he was using the like spinning toehold submission move i don't know if they had worked out the 
kinks of what the the clown should be doing. I don't know. Do you think a, a spinning toe hold style submission move or whatever the hell it was is diabolical enough for a clown? No, he, he should have done like some type of an eye bite or, or. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, like, like something more uh, Pennywise ish because you know he was a, a creature, not a clown. But yeah, yeah. But what he ended up doing the whoopee cushion, wasn't it called? Yes, that that was more. He started doing it at the tail end of the heel run, but when he became a baby face, and they added the whoopee cushion, and then they would add the effect at the uh, the, the post production. Just it kind of neutered the uh, the clown. Yeah, that's my excuse too. <laughs> I, I take my girl to the cinema after we have some Italian food, and I go, "Wow, there's really a lot of farts in this film. <laughs> it seems so real." <laughs> I'm glad you said the film and not the after party. Uh, in an insert promo during the match, Doink labels himself as armed and dangerous. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say about that? But did they ever give give like a backstory to him? Because I remember with no. uh, ne- with Niels, they had the whole thing that he was a, a prisoner who was. Uh, Sent the prison at Bossman's prison for stuff that he didn't do and was left in solitary confinement, went nuts, and he's got out and he's looking for revenge, all that stuff. But right. I think that if they'd have done stuff, they're like they're kind of like Freddy Krueger, like, uh, oh, exactly. the, the, ru- the rumor is he's uh, Joe Smith, and he was a, a guy who worked at a carnival, a lot of children went missing and stuff like that, you know. That's what I'm saying. Had they just said from the start, oh, that we know who that is. That's that crazy Matt Bourne. We've seen him in the World Wrestling Federation. You know, nobody wanted him here. Now he's in the crowd performing as a clown. Why yeah. is he doing? Why is he? Has he lost his mind? I think that would have added such a dimension to the character that maybe it could have built him up to a bigger spot. Had it not been just being in the crowd and getting, uh, you know, <laughs> a baby face crush all pissed off because Crush loves being a good guy now. Yeah, and I, and I think that um, I think that uh, Doink's one of those characters that, that's aged better because there's a lot of well, well, maybe not. I don't know why I said that. No, but you're right. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because there would be a lot of people who just think, oh, it's a guy pretending to be a clown, and it's like, yes, but if you go back to that time, it it was complete. Like even though it was like cartoonish shit, he's now the the first villain. Yeah, from the cartoon. He's like the Joker mixed with Pennywise, Freddy Krueger. Fuck, I loved it. This is why I think that, you know, Crush was clearly a replacement for the Bulldog. On the house shows in that early part of 93, Crush is facing Skinner, the Brooklyn Brawler, and basically any low-level opening match heel that they could find hanging around in the locker room. Double irony there, because didn't the Brooklyn Brawler end up portraying uh, Doink? That is that actually yes, and so did Skinner. <laughs> so that's crazy. <laughs> Shit, maybe it didn't make sense. God damn it, Vince McMahon is a genius. <laughs> well, where's my five million? Uh, Crush also battling another guy, and how about this uh, for us old school marks? Uh, and I'll pull one match off the uh, the sheet here. I'm looking at January fifteenth, nineteen ninety three. The WWF in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, at the Sioux Falls, South Dakota arena. How about this for a tag team explosion? Crush defeats the Repo Man. I, who of course they worked a match at uh, SummerSlam '92. 
Yeah. Demo well, they did as well. Yes. The demolition explosion. It didn't they um didn't Crush have a short-lived tag team with Animal? So it was Smash. So Smash was brought over to Japan, I believe. They tried to do this. Uh, so when Hawk was off, uh, was it no? Was it Hawk or I can't remember. One of them, they 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 brought one guy in temporarily, and it didn't work. That's when I think it was Hawk had the Power Warrior uh, mm. in Japan. But they tried. It was only a short-lived, like couple of show team, because those uh, Smash and uh, and Animal are boys going back to Minnesota. See, I, I, but I think the Crush temporarily teamed up with Animal uh, in in WWF. Man. Yeah, I think so. Mm, I don't know. I don't remember. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying I'm right, but I don't remember. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, I think so. Now, or it was Doink is not. Something. Doink is not in the Royal Rumble. Feelings. Uh, yeah, I get it because because at the time who won that it was ninety three, so that, that was, was uh, Yokozuna. Yep. You see, that's that's one of the problems with the Royal Rumble, and I I think I had a conversation with uh, Rad Rob about this. It's that. Uh, the Royal Rumble bur buries more people than it puts over. Okay, and yeah. it's it's like unless you're booked to win, you you look weak. Like you come in, you get eliminated in two seconds. You do something goofy. Uh, so I guess not having Doink in it made sense, but I would have had him on the undercard. Right. I can't remember if he did anything in the crowd. Crush was out of action at this point. They took Crush off TV after the beating with the uh, with the arm, and they mm. would do the insert television phone call. He'd call in from Kona, Hawaii, which meant he was somewhere in a locker room. <laughs> and they would have him off TV for a month. He would come back after the Royal Rumble. But in the meantime, Doink does one thing that nobody else could do, and he runs off the Big Boss Man because Big Boss Man's final match in the WWF is with Doink, where Doink sprays him with a green mist and sends Big Boss Man out of the uh, the company. See, that that should have been on the uh, the 93 Royal Rumble. I agree. Yep, absolutely agree. You yeah, got to wonder why. Why wouldn't they do that? Yeah, see, but that, that's why I am... Um... You know, you know, it's weird. There's a lot of these creative decisions, and we we talk about this a lot uh, when we're on here. It's like it's just it's these baffling choices. We could just make one alternative move, yeah, and it, it would have could have fixed so much shit. It's almost as bad as Crush coming back from injury to defeat the White Shadow via submission. At one minute and 31 seconds with the head vice. Do you think the white shadow would be allowed to be a character <laughs> in current wrestling? Uh, if it was a black guy? <laughs> yeah, the nickname could be like Nigel Gers or whatever. The uh, the following week, so it was the Superstars, uh, February 27th, 1993. The big boss man defeats the uh, clown via reverse decision. That Doink had originally won the match via pinfall around a four-minute mark after going into his jacket, spraying Bossman in the eyes with a green substance, and referee Joey Morella overturned the call after seeing Bossman's face. It would be the Bossman's last WWF TV appearance for five years. See, it's it's weird here and that sort of stuff because 
if if Matt Bourne <clears throat> was uh, lying about it being po- planned to work with Hogan, then uh, like some of that shit is exactly what Hulk Hogan would love. He's got the green mist in my eyes, brother. Yes, I agree. Elements. There's elements that you could see, but I could also see it not being something that worked. Oh yeah, but with with uh, the, the whole with with and of course that the, the green mist is in the the game. Yes. And uh, later on, if I get some time after I watch uh, She Hulk, I may make uh, Doink the new uh, SmackDown champion. What do you think about that? <laughs> now, did She Hulk get sprayed with the green mist? Hey, from, hey, from honey, <laughs> come over here, honey, and earn your earn your cape. So Doink's being built for a big match with Crush, right? They haven't officially. Uh, said that he's going to uh, be at WrestleMania at this point as they're building this feud. But like I said, he beats the big boss man. He also beats Typhoon on Monday Night Raw. That's... So they're giving Doink some wins. Yeah, and against big guys. Yeah, exactly. But, but the thing is, is uh, Jesus, see, this is what I'm saying. Is that if, if Matt Bo- Bo- uh, Bourne wasn't such a dick, like this really could have been something for him, mm-hmm. or a drug addict. If he wasn't a drug addict, he would have that's had a true. completely different career, and that's the problem. That was his thing, and we'll get to it when we get to the tail end of um, uh, of talking about Matt Bourne as Doink. He Doink is not on the house shows though. Crush is on the house shows. He's making the uh, the towns. Doink is exclusively on television at this point. See that that's weird because anybody could be Doink. Yeah, very weird. So it doesn't actually have to be Matt Bourne. It could just be some uh, local jobber. Uh, and by the end of February, Crush is facing Shawn Michaels on the house shows in the main event of like the Sea Towns. And of course, they worked uh, King of the Ring. Yes, they did. So it's almost like they were getting him ready for the the big time for the big match. So now, all right, I found so Doink makes his house show debut February 17th, 1993 in San Bernardino, California at the National Orange Show. (laughs) The main event of this show is Bret Hart and Bam Bam Bigelow. On this show, Doink the Clown would defeat Typhoon. Uh, I I would love to have seen Doink in there with Jeff Gaylord. (laughs) You know, I just passed something about Jeff Gaylord while doing the research for the last New generation declassified, and I got a little, I got a little, little chuckle thinking about uh, your comments. I hope um, you uh, wore a condom. I did not. I was uh, free falling that night. All right, so we get to WrestleMania nine. Bottom right, Crush, <laughs> Crush versus Doink. Uh, this is the debut of the double Doinks, but this is also the end of the Crush Doink feud. Kind of ends bad for Crush. Crush looks ridiculous. He gets his ass kicked. You know, Doink looks like a like a amazing smart clown, and he just moves on to Shawn Michaels. And Doink would kind of go away from anybody and just be meandering along the mid card. Nothing really happening with him. Yeah, see, the, the, I, I've always thought that like uh, Doink versus like Macho Man could have been good. Doink versus I know it sounds silly to say this, but Doink versus the Undertaker. It wouldn't be silly. No, it, it would make perfect sense. And I think there's a television match with Doink and the Macho Man. I want to <gasps> say, 
I want to say there's a Monday Night Raw where there's a Doink versus Macho Man match. I, I could be wrong. By the way, that's something that I've got to just bring up. Do you remember the last time we were on this, we were talking about a Vince McMahon interview? Yes. And for some reason, the people making that show really, really loved the Macho Man versus Head Shrinker Fatu. <laughs> that was a damn good match. <laughs> yeah, but they showed like 17, 17 separate times. Um, and just while we're on the, the question of Macho Man, <clears throat> is it true that The Undertaker never wrestled Macho Man? Oh, man, I can't see that as never happening. That had to have been in a tag match of some sort. Maybe not a one-on-one, but no, you know, I think, no, I think there is an Undertaker Macho Man match. Yeah, because I've been I've been trying to find one because like the fact that that never happened is like Vince, you're a dumb fuck. How about this guy? How about this? See, that's the the doink that I like when he had the uh, the more sort of stringy hair. Yeah, yeah, he's got the cool uh, dice on the back of his trunks. He's got the shorter hair. Here's the makeup coming off. Look, he looks crazy. He's got the facials. He's got yellow teeth. And I just pulled up a match from 1993, uh, Monday Night Raw tape. This is in Poughkeepsie because I, I know this is that shitty, um, like, high school uh, gym that they were in. And the Macho Man's wearing his red, white, and blue attire that every year around the 4th of July, people start showing pictures of Macho Man wearing this that he has on here. At least they don't show pictures of him having sex with underage girls. <laughs> Allegedly. That's a rumor. Of course. Could be the worst rumor in the history of professional wrestling because there's no way it's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the rumors of uh, the Macho Man versus Undertaker happening, not so much the whole the child abuse. Yeah, not the whole uh, him having sex with the underage Stephanie McMahon. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with the under... And I know I'm almost positive that they even put a clip on the website of like a like two-minute clip now, they put out an unreleased matches of the Macho Man DVD. I don't think it's on there, but it's out there somewhere, an Undertaker Macho. I think it's only one. I think it's one time. I've, I've got to see this because uh, it's just it was, when I first got the WWE Network, I loved the fact that I could just type in any two names at random and something would come up. And uh, Macho Man versus Undertaker it never comes up. Now, had you made your trip to... Um, London back in 1993 after WrestleMania, you would have seen Doink versus crush on the uh, UK loop that they would pull after WrestleMania. So that did come over. Uh, how about this one? WWF at the London, uh, England, Wembley arena, April 15th, 1993, 11,000 people saw hmm. Doink the clown defeat crush on international waters. Uh, during your famous, uh, Crush rumor that I heard, and it may have been revealed on King 100 that uh, Crush once ordered a pancake. <laughs> Did anybody offer to buy it uh, for him? <laughs> uh, it was a famous story. It's a really fascinating story, but you should pay me for that kind of info. I, I will, but you're not a mark, by the way. Absolutely not. Uh, this is not my income. <laughs> What's the percentage? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I'm listen. I'm just saying I'm the best in the world at what I do. <laughs> and look, I have an autographed figure to say that too. Here you go. See? <laughs> Here, look at my autograph, Doink the Clown doll. This proves that I am not a mark. <laughs> uh, 
it's my figure <laughs> or figure <laughs> yeah no it's more like this this is like like so uh what i did was that i would <laughs> <laughs> or here so here's my figure yeah. So that is saying is that if Shamrock Sap steals all my bloody stories. Oh, that's great. Okay, back to the topic at hand. Crush and Doink feud for basically the whole summer on the house shows. Doink is just doing very little on TV, not not much in terms of programs. Has a banger of a King of the Ring qualifying match with Mr. Perfect that actually results in two matches. They're so good. Do you remember these, and did you like the pairing of Perfect and Doink? I remember that match because I remember WWE put out a, uh, I think it was called 1993 Year Review video, and it's like it's like three and a half hours to four hours long. It's it was unbelievable, and I remember that Doink versus Perfect match very well. It was excellent, and it's but the thing is because Matt Bourne was known for being a Kind of a dick backstage and a difficult backstage. Do you know if his if his troubles had started back then? Had to. It, uh, you could basically tell by WrestleMania that there was a direction change, and I think that's why they created the second Doink was to make sure they had a backup plan because they had the the plans for this character, but they had to have somebody that was a little more reliable. Thus grabbing their guys that they could count on brawler uh, uh steve kern and anybody else that could put the suit on see that, that see that's the thing that cause i remember hearing that about um uh keller cross in in wwe and that he uh he was an anti-vaxxer at a time when you you couldn't enter buildings if you did if you weren't vaccinated so that's why they had to let him go and it's hmm. a shame because it's like you 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 so good that uh, the hope the, I hope this doesn't get fucked up for you. But thankfully he's back. But yeah, sadly with Matt Bourne, uh, he really seemed like he was his own worst enemy. You know, maybe we'll just stick with Crush versus Doink for this one because we're going past the thirty minute mark and we still have a little bit more to cover in this summer of Doink versus Crush. So I think we'll just talk about Crush versus Doink up to SummerSlam. All right. So let me just continue to go through this here. So we're still on the house shows. Now we're in June, okay? June 12th, 1993, Indianapolis Market Square Arena. I don't know if you know the Market Square Arena. That's where the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant uh, main event where Andre beats Hogan takes place. Do you remember that match? On TV. On TV, the main event, the Friday night, the biggest rating in the history of wrestling. Mm. Okay. Do you remember what the crowd was like there? Uh Quite loud and ravenous. Yeah, huge. They only could get 2,500 in the stands for this match, or for this show. Main event, world champion Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake defeat Ted DiBiase and IRS via disqualification with Sergeant Slaughter as the guest referee, okay? 2,500 people in the stands to see Crush also fight Doink to a double countout. I wonder... (laughs) Would that have been the show where they teased Hogan versus Gonzalez? No, this is just a house show. Jesus, that see that that's baffling to me. But that just shows you that in '93, uh, pro wrestling was in a really bad way. WrestleMania Nine was shit. So why would people want to pay to see the rematches of shit matches? 
there, man. But how about this? So the next night, or is it the same? No, the same night. So this is the B show, right? Crazy that Hogan would be the B show. The A show is Madison Square Garden. Same night. 9,000 in Madison Square Garden. So now you've never been to Madison Square Garden, I presume, have you? Uh, yeah, I went to a Taylor Swift concert. Oh, okay. Very, very I nice. I believe it was too <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> well, if you went to the old MSG... 9,000 would be very clear because you would see a lot of purple and, and green seats. The main mm-hmm. event of that show, Lex Luger defeats Mr. Perfect after hitting uh, Perfect with the forearm behind the referee's back and knocking him out. That's the, that's insane. For, for a show that size, you go with Luger versus Hogan or uh, you do the Luger versus the Tonga. And uh, how about this? On the uh, but this is June '93, so you know we wouldn't have known the Luger Tatanka, you know, uh, uh, massacre that would appear <laughs> in our TV screens the next year. Earlier on that show, Bret Hart pins Bob Backlund with a rollover at 32 minutes. See, the, see this is why I fucking hate pro wrestling. Who 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 would want to do that? Who wants to see if that's the length of a of a of a legitimate boxing match? <laughs> when I just called us to only stick with Crush, it was at the thirty two minute mark. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Unbelievable. It's but this is right before King of the Ring. This is the night before King of the Ring that all this is happening. See, this is the stuff that with the wrestling business, I don't understand how people stay can stay interested in it. Like, even back then, like, it's rematches to low-drawn events. So so what makes Vince think, well, this drew a low pay-per-view buy rate. Let's now bring it on the road. How about this one? June 17th, 1993. We're going forward one week. Wheeling, West Virginia, at the Wheeling, West Virginia Civic Center. Now, not a big town, not a huge venue, 1,200 people in attendance. Main event, WWF champion Yokozuna defeats Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Also on the card, Lex Luger defeats Bret Hart. (laughs) Razor Ramon battles Tito Santana. And Crush defeats Doink via disqualification. Outrageous. Well, Luger and and Bret. What was the deal of that? Luger pins Bret Hart. Clean, no disqualification, no interference on June 17th, 1993. This is Narcissus Lex Luger. This is Narcissus Lex Luger. Yep. It's three weeks before he would be the made of the USA. How much I bet you that drove Brad nuts. But yeah, see, the 1993, it's a very strange era uh, of WWE. And when you see that you have these characters that on paper were great, but then the wrestlers were dicks about it. Uh, like, where's The Undertaker during all this time? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not good. So Crush would get pulled from the house shows because he was injured, okay? Taking his place. So if you went to the Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, classic venue, on July 11th, 1993, your main event, Yoko and Duggan again, Okay. Doink the Clown defeats Virgil. <laughs> well, Mike Durban would completely uh, endorse that booking plan. 
Oh, but then they would sub out Virgil for Marty Jannetty a few weeks later. So there you go. But I mean, see, to be honest, Marty Jannetty versus Doink would be a fucking great match. I think it would be a great match. I think it yeah. also was a TV match, I, I want to say. Oh, see, I need to get back on the network. All right, so now we're making our way to SummerSlam. I'm just trying to go through the timeline pretty quick. He's just on the house shows. He's not doing anything big on the television, okay? So he's brought in as the – oh, excuse me. This is where he had the match with um, the Macho Man. So on a few of the house shows, Randy Savage and uh, Doink double count out when Doink became distracted by the Macho Midget. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Who would uh, ironically become Dink? <laughs> the, <laughs> I thought that the, the macho midget was uh, called Austin Aries. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, Just but the, the see, that's the, stuff, that's the stuff that... Who, who was booking around that time? Was it a... Uh... This would be Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson. Yeah, see, that that's crap. And... Um, it's sort of like when you see that when you hear that, that you just realize yeah the business was bad for a reason. Yeah, yeah, there's literally he does nothing. He's just doing squash matches on the television. He's got house show matches with Macho Man, but he's not doing anything of, of any kind of note. And then he's brought in as the royal gesture or gesture of gesture. I said gesture. I meant gesture of Jerry Lawler to take his place at SummerSlam '93 has an impromptu banger of a match with Bret Hart, uh, phenomenal, uh, loses, right? And then basically they turn him babyface like two weeks later. You see, that's the thing that never made sense to me. It's that uh, when you have Doink as an evil clown, that's a character. But when you turn him face, he's just a clown. He's just a clown who likes to make people laugh. But he would face Bret Hart on the house shows a little bit, so he did get a little bit of a rub. I'm sure Bret enjoyed working with a guy that did the technical stuff, but I'm also sure Bret probably didn't enjoy being with a guy who's probably coked out of his brains more than some of the other guys. Yeah, but that's that's. I don't think Bret Hart would like getting a blowjob off Jenna Jameson. <laughs> well, only if it was on the road and it was, uh, you know, the 80s, he might have. If you read his book, Bret, Bret was a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of a, a womanizer. And then we kind of move ahead in the timeline a little bit, and we see where the face turn kind of takes place officially. He interrupts Bam Bam Bigelow, who's making his way to the ring for a uh, Superstars match, um, and dumps water, I believe it was, on Luna Vachon, leading to the following week, Bam Bam then in turn destroying his red wagon, thus kicking off a blood feud. But was this uh, was this still Matt Bourne or was the this uh, is this still one? Matt Bourne? Yes. You know, I gotta I gotta be honest. See, when you go back and look at Luna Vachon, if you ignore the face, she has an unbelievable body on her. Uh, I've heard from people who were there that uh, once you take away all that stuff, she wasn't uh, she wasn't terrible. Yeah, like I remember when she was with Goldust. I remember she used to wear so many outfits, and it's like I'm done. <laughs> I saw her up close at an indie show in uh, 99 and uh, those gimmicks in the front were uh, those things were pretty big. <laughs> yeah. But I, I always think that uh, turning doink face is, it's just a terrible idea. It's like when they did um, uh fuck. Well, when they do these Freddy Krueger, sequ- nightmare on Elm street sequels and Freddy Krueger starts 
making jokes and one-liners, you go, yeah, it's done. It's completely like it. Keep them scary. Keep them evil. They, they could have simply just updated the look to make him maybe more gothic. Maybe he he stops wearing the face paint or whatever. I don't know. But uh, this Doink versus Bam Bam feud was horrible. Bad. I, I I never liked it. It would carry on for so long, and it would even include the switchover from Born to uh, Ray Apollo. But you know, you fancy yourself a wrestling game enthusiast. Did you know that on uh, October thirtieth, or excuse me, October first, nineteen ninety three, King of the Ring was released on Game Boy. Uh, I did not know that. Uh, I hated wrestling games for the uh, for the Game Boy. They all suck. But I've got to tell you, one of the things about Doink, speaking of video games, is that in the uh, because of his look, he he always looked so cool in games, even if it was those older eight bit uh, era, because just he's so colorful. Right. Yeah, he did, and I. I... Don't know if he was in Game Boy or not. The Game Boy, the the King of the Ring game, had Brett on the cover with Luger, Yoko, and Hulk Hogan. So you're like, oh, that's a great game. But, oh, it's on Game Boy, so now (laughs) skip because those games were terrible. A fucking horrible. Uh, But uh, didn't didn't a video game, uh, that was one of the things that caused a lot of hate between Bourne and uh, Kevin Nash? uh, From a video game? Yeah, because there's something that was played on... uh, Click this last week or the week before. Yeah, the, the, that was from the you shoot where he said he should never have been broken in. Right. Yeah, and, and there's something about a, the, a video game between them that caused the big. Where we're like, Nash didn't get into um, a game when he was champion, but Doink did. Uh, oh, the WrestleMania arcade game. Yes. Yeah, uh, that that one is just like yeah, great great poster, uh, Matt. The fucking. But it wasn't even him. It wasn't Matt Bourne doing. It was just Doink. (laughs) Matt Bourne. Look, I heard when before he died, Matt Bourne lived in the area that I lived in in New Jersey. Okay, now legitimately, I'm from New Jersey, right? I'm the only Scottish Italian guy from New Jersey who knows what he's talking about, right? Matt Bourne worked as an overnight stock guy at a restaurant, a restaurant, a supermarket, right, in the area that that I lived in. Allegedly, he would fuck with the people who worked at the supermarket and he would be stocking the shelves and he would go <laughs> and do the doink laugh. This guy was nuts. He was out of his mind. Yeah, but the th- I just thought that if, uh, if we could get Vince Russo, the guy who loves pro wrestling more than anyone and anyone who's listening to this sh- uh, should immediately tweet Vince Russo and ask him what did he think of Raw. Because he loves hearing from the fans about pro wrestling questions. So, uh, yeah, I think that it, but if Vince was able to get his hands on someone like Doink during the Attitude Era, Doink would have been the, the biggest, well, maybe not the biggest thing ever, but he would have been massive on the scale, on the scale of like a Kane or a Gangrel, maybe even a Mankind. But I think a guy like Russo is probably the reason why we didn't see a doink in the Attitude Era because he was trying so hard to separate it from what it used to be when they probably could have used a dark, evil... Like, look at Goldust. When Goldust was doing all that shit in the early part of uh, 98, that could have been the doink character. 
See, that, that's exactly it. We could have seen him running around in a uh, underpants, uh, kid trying to kiss uh, Roddy Piper. You know, just, but but I do think that at the end of the day, uh, it all comes down to the fact that Matt Bourne fucked up what could have been something really big for him, and yet he talks about it like, uh, but like like it was some type of a mistake. But the only mistake was him. Yeah. I found the first time I see him listed as a different character was a trip that they did to Tel Aviv, Israel. And it looks like they went to uh, Vienna, Austria, and uh, Portugal, Germany. Doink the Clown was portrayed by Steve Lombardi. Uh, another friend of Jeff Gaylord's, allegedly. <laughs> but, yeah. It's it's a she it's a shame that it, like so what did Bourne go on to do after that? Bourne would leave the WWF. I was looking for the exact date that he's released because it's before Survivor Series. Because if you watch the lead up to Survivor Series, the beginning of it is Matt Bourne. The second half of it is not. Okay, he would go to ECW where the Born Again character would I think be the doink that we should have seen from the start. And in speaking with the franchise, the franchise thought that Doink the Clown was the stupidest character ever created in wrestling, and Born Again may have been the most genius portrayal of a psychopath ever shown on television. Yeah, and re it really is something that... Uh, which I, I think, because the rumor at the minute is that Bray Wyatt is coming back. Thank God. But uh, I think that if I was uh, a WWE writer, and if you want to be a writer, you need to send your scripts into Keep Number 100. Uh, just because there's a lot of very, very talented fans out there who need to tell these billion dollar companies how to fix their product. But I think that with Killer Cross is a guy who could do, I'm not saying make him a clown, but he could do this sort of evil, wild shit and get away with it without it coming across as well cartoonish are they portraying cross as a baby face or like a tweener uh, i've no I, I i've only seen the uh his return clip but i haven't seen okay. any anything since but i yeah, think I. I think he's a heel because i'm not cheering anybody that gets the bang scarlet bordeaux <laughs> billy body's uh, not going to cheer him anyway no, of course not. Um, this was just right before uh, Survivor Series 93. Two big events happened. Three. Matt Bourne is released. Uh, Vince McMahon is indicted for steroid distribution. And Jerry Lawler, on November 22nd, 1993, officially takes himself out of the Survivor Series when he pleads not guilty to charges of statutory rape, sodomy, and harassing a witness in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, all Monday. That was it. He was accused uh, of um, uh, allegedly uh, preying on a 13-year-old girl um, earlier that year. And uh, he he was ultimately cleared of the charges. But nonetheless, uh, anytime you throw statutory rape, comma, sodomy into it, it starts to become a problem. Yeah. <laughs> we need an investigation. And and let, let's uh, be honest, just to make a political statement, we here at the new power generation, uh, our new generation declassified, are against the anal rape of underage girls. <laughs> yes, sort we of. are. Yeah, even Asian ones. 
I don't know what the rules are in Ireland, but in the United States, we are. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what do you say for Doink versus Crush? Was this a good start off to Doink or did it have a, a, a high and end on a low in your book? I think it had a great build, and the match itself was bad. Uh, Crush wasn't a good wrestler. It was a, it was not a good way to start off the first feud. Uh, it should have been someone else, like a, I don't know, like a Tatanka maybe, or uh, or even if they'd have gone big like Macho Man. I think mm. they could have done. They could have started off better, but then again, the Bulldog was the first choice. Okay, so if you put the Bulldog in place of Crush. Do you think it goes differently because maybe Bulldog's a little bit of a better worker, but not really because he's also got his drug issues at that point. So would it have you know, I, th- I think that the Bulldog versus Doink would have been the perfect way to start it off. It would have been way better matches. It would have sold better. And uh, also it's always nice to see English people get their heads caved in with lead-filled fake arms. <laughs> there you go. All right, so if anybody wants to send you script samples – uh, questions about Hall of Fame inductions or uh, what happened back during the NWO days or uh, anything of that ilk, where can they find you and where can they send all this information? If you happen to be a fan of pro wrestling, check out Keeping the 100 official on YouTube at the time of recording. We just passed 42,000 subscribers. Uh, had to take a few days off to go to England, so I hope I didn't... Um, Thankfully, it didn't fuck the algorithm up too much. If you want to <clears throat> find my YouTube channel, it's Huge Entertainment on YouTube, which, thanks to uh, Francine, just had the first 100,000 uh, uh, viewed clip. Can we get a little bit of that for her channel? Can we please? Can somebody give us a little bit of love for that? <laughs> yeah, this is all I'm going to say to people out there. Don't ever DM me or Chad or Francine telling them about what you've seen on YouTube. Write it in the <laughs> fucking comments, you stupid, <laughs> stupid people. That's why I hate Bonunda. Because he started DMing me about stuff about YouTube clips, and it's like, why are you trying to speak to me? Um, we're tired of other channels having hundreds of thousands of views on uh, interview clips where we talk about the same shit week in, week out on the podcast. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's infuriating. I can't stand it, but I do like the fact that Keeping the 100 is, at the time of recording, bigger than uh, Sean Ross Sapp's channel. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, look, I listen to it uh, via YouTube only. I have YouTube Premium, so I don't get any of those pesky ads. Sorry, guys. I don't know what you get from YouTube Premium, but it's a little more consumable. So, uh, I, But I, I listen to it all the time. Yeah, and so basically, I am the show <laughs> exactly all right well there that's uh good to go i appreciate you coming back again if you want to follow me it's at chad emb on twitter at ib exclusives on instagram um uh, you want any podcast come find me with francine patreon.com slash francine podcast creative control network and of course here doing new generation declassified so we're out we'll catch you next time for Husey. this is the chadster we'll catch you on the flip side Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.